Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Today, we're visiting with Brandon Thomas Bentley, Associate Evangelist at Grundy Church of Christ in Grundy, Virginia. Brandon, about three years ago, you interviewed me on your podcast, and I'm pleased to have the opportunity to turn the tables on you. I know you've got an interesting story to tell and, and just a lot of things you've been doing, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear it. So, Brother Brandon, tell us your story. Oh, well, uh, first of all, thank you, Tom, for uh, letting me be a part of this program. Uh, it's an honor any time that uh, sat down with a brother and just talk about the gospel and the church and, and about the Lord. And uh, this is kind of strange being on the other side <laughs> of the table any time that I'm being interviewed or asked, you know, being in the ministry and being an evangelist and, and the work, uh, you usually don't get get that approach, having people say, tell me about yourself. And so that's kind of kind of different for me, and and but uh, I just think sometimes it's encouraging. Yeah, and yeah. we've heard from young men who say, you know, I'm beginning to think about ministry. I thought I maybe wasn't worthy to be a preacher, <laughs> yeah. and I'm hearing all these other guys who sure weren't worthy when they yeah. decided. Yeah. So let's think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, and that's that's the thing about God is uh, He takes the least and, and makes them the greatest through Christ. That's right. And and that's the thing that uh, those who are listening in don't ever think that. Uh, you're not capable of doing greatness for the Lord. Uh, he makes ways where there is no ways. Absolutely. And uh, it's just amazing, you know, looking back through my life and what I've came out of, and we'll get to that, uh, that where he's brought me at and what he's continuing to do for me uh, through my marriage and through the ministry. It's just a great opportunity. But uh, you know, a little bit about myself. I, I grew up in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. Uh, small, poor community, grew up kind of poor, uh, no religious background whatsoever, didn't grow up in the church or had a church background. Uh, my grandfather, he was in the charismatic movement, mm -hmm. and uh, we know how the rest of the story about that, but you know, my mother, she would occasionally take me to, to the church services on Sunday morning, and you know, being a child, had no idea. It was always strange seeing people act wild and crazy and very charismatic. Right. <laughs> I didn't understand that. But now I, I had no religious background whatsoever uh, growing up. Um, I knew that there was a Jesus because that's what I've heard, but I couldn't tell you one piece of scripture. Didn't know nothing. That was all throughout uh, my teenage and young adult life. And, uh, you know, with that being said, living in a poor community and in a rough background, um, you know, I, I had some experiences that weren't so good. Yeah. You know, I was uh, introduced to, to drugs and alcohol at a very young age, you know, at the age of 12. that kind of began that journey. And, wow. and, you know, I think about that now, and, and that's even common today, sadly. The young children get involved in drugs and alcohol and, and I think about that, it just blows my mind today even thinking about that and, and that I was in that at 12 years old and, and things mm. like that. And just kind of a, a rough growing up, you know. Um, that's all I knew, you know, abuse and and alcohol and, and drugs. And that was... See, uh, I didn't know all that about you. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't. I, I don't I don't talk about that. Uh, right. Uh, just... But, you know, it just I think about that, I look back, it's just amazing, you know, how God spared me. I, and and I, a lot of times I ask why, you know, why, why in the world did he spare me? But uh, I start to see that more now as I grow older, serve him and his purpose. That's the whole point. But, you know, you know drugs and alcohol at a very young age. And, you know, I was in, in and out of rehab at 16 and 17 years old. Really? Uh, yeah, I spent most of my junior and senior year of high school in rehab uh, okay. with alcohol. and. That was still in Kentucky? Still in Kentucky, yeah. Betsy Lane High School, 
Well, go Bobcats. If we need the Bobcats. <laughs> now, where, where would that be? Uh, that's Floyd County, Kentucky, eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That's about uh, here in Grundy, Virginia, about an hour and a half from that area. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's in and out. And I was involved with sports and, you know, the extracurricular activity throughout high school, but uh, and also involved with other extracurricular activities outside of sports. Right. And, uh, you, you know, just a very rough background and, and um, you know, in and out of rehab, uh, something I struggled with as a young man, um, a young teenager, other than knowing everything about life, I had the answer for everything, was um, I hated life. I was a very angry and disturbed young man. I just had nothing to live for. As I'm, just sitting, I'm just sitting here thinking of the people I've sat down and talked to that I, I just, they tell me their stories and I think, yeah. really? And then I think, yes, really, this is what Jesus does. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a life changer. Yes. And that's, you know, those that are listening in, they've got to realize, you, no matter where you've been or how far you've been, it's never so far away that uh, Jesus can't bring you out. And I say, if he brought me out, he can bring any anyone out. You know, I was in, in you know, as dr- drugs and alcohol, that's all I knew. That's all that I was around my whole life, you know. Um, and, and just the, the physical and emotional abuse. I was just an angry, angry young man and loved to fight. That was one of my problems, you know. And I, and it, it's just amazing. I, I talk to my wife about this oftentimes, these little triggers about my past. And, and I, I remember time, it was like every weekend I would have – a sheriff's deputy come come to my house and, and and it was you know sitting down and it just amazes me and i think thank the lord for those guys that came there every weekend um because they would never take me to jail they would always sit down and really? talk with me and you know i th- i thank the lord for guys like that that um you know even though they were heathens but they they saw potential in me as a young man that I just couldn't see, and you know, that was just a great thing. And there was just so many people throughout life that uh, tried to redirect me. And you know, being a young, disturbed teenager, I I knew how to solve the problems on my own. You know, I knew how yeah. to fix the problems, and whether it was a bottle or a joint or whatever it was, a pill. But uh, that's that that's not the answer. And never has been, never will be. And, but, uh, you know, it was just a, a disturbing time and kind of ventured out after high school and, and tried to f- figure out life and just went even more wild after that. And then, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you how bad it was. I had, uh, you know, I played football. That was my sport in college. And I was offered uh, full scholarships to quite a few colleges in America, in the U.S. And, and uh, you know, I'd had scouts come and see me and coaches and talk, and, and I was offered full scholarships and my education paid for. I was eight, 17, 18 years old when I was getting out of rehab. And, and when I was playing sports, I was fine, but when I was out of sports, and, and right. you see that today. Sure. You see that today. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I was just fearful. I, something new. I've never, never been out of Eastern Kentucky, pretty much, at a right. young age, and and I, I I turned all that down for drugs and alcohol, and moved wow. moved away to Northern Ohio for a few years, and went wild up there. And uh, at, I remember I had a phone call about two years in in Northern Ohio, my old football coach from uh, now University of Pikeville, but Pikeville College then. He had called me. To like two years later, and and said, Brandon, what are you doing with your life? And uh, I really a big shout out to that coach because um, he called me and that really helped me. To, yeah. So you know, I packed my bags up, went back, came back to East Kentucky, and and started attending college. And went, you know, went back to. So he uh, was wanting you to come back and play. Yeah. For yeah, and, right. and it wasn't just wanting to play; is he wanted to check on my well being. You know, right. He, he heard he heard what I was doing and yeah. And news can spread no matter what, but that 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 meant a lot to me. 
Right. Because I, I never, something I never had as, as a young person, you know, people that really cared. Right. You know, I, had, I had an art teacher in high school, best mentor I ever had in my life. And he really cared for me and loved me and took me under his wing. Now, you took some art in college, didn't you? I did, yeah. So, you know, when I moved back and, and played played college football for some years there at uh, Pikeville College, and my major was art. I studied art. So I did a little background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I studied art. And before I studied art, I, I, I studied culinary arts, too. I you know, went to cooking so, school. And so do you cook at home? I cook quite a bit for my wife. Do you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love to cook. Or anything with arts, really. I, I love the arts. Wow. And so, yeah, so I went to culinary school, and then when I came back to Pikeville College, my, I was a double major in religion and art and minor in biology. And, you know, and that was at, all at Pikeville? All at Pikeville, yeah. Pikeville College, now University of Pikeville, but, yeah. But double major in religion and art, that's interesting to me because yeah. you weren't particularly religious as as people would say i was not not at all so but, why why did you take that was it easy <laughs> um, well you know you know that my, my first two years of college um i was still in those rough rough patch of life i was you know i was my education was important but i still like to have fun on the weekends right. you know and, and so you know i was still going through that kind of lifestyle but not as heavy and you know i was really pushing myself in, in education now and, and, and learning and growing. And the thing about with art is art and religion has always gone hand in hand all mm -hmm. throughout history. Yeah. Uh, you go all the way back through the Renaissance period, the medieval period, um, even the Grecians, uh, religion and art, they complement each other. And, you know, that, that was just an addition to, to my study because I studied art history and, and I thought, you know, why not religion? You know, when I graduated high school, my best friend's parents across the street from us gave me a book. By this time, I, everyone knew I was going to be a preacher. Uh -huh. Gave me a book, uh, Jesus Christ and the Fine Arts. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't understand why in the world would they give me a book like that. But years later, I started using it. Uh -huh. Many years later. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, kind of go back on that little story. I was at, before I doubled major in religion, I was a double major in psychology. And this is before I had, you know, any religion. The The religion part came in later sophomore year. Um, you know, I, I had a full-time student. I, I did work study in, in the summer. I was homeless. I was homeless my all through college. Really? Yeah. And, and So did you live on the campus and, and were I homeless did. when you are out of school? Well, you know, that that was the thing about the the staff at the campus. I, you know, people knew who I was and building relationships, and and you know there were some relationships that I built. And I said, I, I don't have no ways to go. And uh, you know, I got to meet some of the people, and they say, Hey, uh, maintenance, the the campus maintenance, they're looking to hire. And and uh, I think Ron Dameron, he was the men's bowling coach at Pikeville College. Great guy. And he really helped me in college as well. He said, you know, we'll get you set up with a maintenance job. And while you work summer, you can stay in the dorms at the same time. And so I did that most of my college, um, throughout college, until I saved up money to get myself my own place uh, through college. But, you know, it was really him and, and then getting to the maintenance department. And so I worked maintenance all through college uh, every summer through classes and did work study. I, I worked at the bookstore with Barnes and Noble as well. And then the newspaper. I was a very busy young man in college. I did everything I could get my hands on. Football, cross country, uh, worked at the newspaper, worked maintenance and full time stuff. I mean, I love being busy. Yeah. And and it it's a curse and a blessing. I still fight that today. <laughs> but uh yeah, and so I got introduced to the maintenance department and worked maintenance. And, uh, I mean, there was a point in college where I was just, I was just questioned why well, I felt like it was such a void in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I, I don't know. I'm drugs and alcohol, there was a time, you know, where um, I fa faced 
suicidal thoughts and, and, and you know, was thinking about taking my life many times and and you know, I, d- I did it all the sex, drugs and rock and roll if you will mm-hmm. and you know I said before I I never could go through with suicide I just couldn't but I, I said I, there has to be something else and not having a religious background I knew some stuff about religious but you know there was a point in my life where I was an atheist at that time that was in and out of rehab but uh, my boss at the maintenance he he was going to a Baptist church and I said hey uh, I'm looking to try to go to church and so he invited me to the Baptist church and that's where I kind of got my religious background mm-hmm. is at the Baptist church and I tell you it was some of the most loving people they took me under they wing they cared for me they loved me they clothed me they fed me and uh, and I didn't you know doctrinally we, we we know the situation sure but the people couldn't ask for a better group of people and they really loved me and they did show some light and guidance and at the time I didn't know what was right or wrong you know with the scriptures or how to think for myself say that's the best way to say it you know what I like to say is I, I grew up in in Methodism uh-huh. and and uh, people ask me well why did you leave the Methodist Church Tom uh-huh. I said I didn't leave it uh-huh. I added to it I found there was more but what I learned from them was that people who love God were good people uh-huh. and I needed that growing up because I wasn't finding that in a lot of places in my life like yeah. you yeah. and and uh, so God guided me through these people. Mm-hmm. And though uh, doctrinally I found a lot of differences there, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for what I got from there. Yeah. And uh, very appreciative of them. And and a lot of the older Methodist churches, really, their beliefs were very much like what we find in the Bible anyway, mm-hmm. uh, though that's changed a lot through the years. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's good people, but bad doctrine, unfortunately. And and that's the thing that I encourage anyone listening. No matter your religious background, you may be in the Church of Christ or Christian Church, but study to show yourself approved. Right. You need to know because church culture can kind of be misleading. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's Church of Christ, yeah. Methodist, Baptist. Yeah. It can be misleading. You you have got to have your own walk. Yeah. You cannot have your preacher's walk or yeah. or your Bible teacher's walk. Exactly. And, and that was the thing that set the Thessalonians apart from the Bereans is they studied and searched the scriptures daily right. when the Apostle Paul was preaching. And I encourage you to do that and, and look at what, you know, our churches of Christ and Christian churches, when they teach and preach, make sure and look. And, you know, that's important. But, you know, so I was in, in the Baptist church for some time. and <laughs> But, uh, you know, some of the things that the Baptist church think, I thought I was okay I was uh, spiritual on Sunday, but uh, partying on Saturday. <laughs> I, I, I know where you're coming from with that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I'd do my thing on Saturday or through the week, and then Sunday I'd hit the quote-unquote altar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and thought I was okay, you know, because one of the teachings is you can never fall away from salvation. Right. And so my mindset was, well, I mean, if I can go to the altar Sunday, then Saturday or it isn't going to really matter what I do, and uh, and so. But um, through that period of good, loving people, and then taking me under their wing and trying to to show me some good things, but me being misled is, I, I met my wife through that period, and and she grew up in the Church of Christ. And it's her fam- her whole family. She grew up. She's a church kid. Yeah, and church camp kid and. And uh, we got acquainted while I was in college and uh, through a mutual friend and kind of got to know each other. And, of course, she knew where I was, my background, my religious background. And uh, she began to teach me and and preach to me (laughs) and try to guide me. And, uh, you know, my thought was, you Church of Christ people, you're the only ones that are thinking that you're going to heaven. <laughs> you know, we, we hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I said, I don't want to hear it. You know, you're all Church of Christ people. But she, she for some odd reason, uh, I, see, I guess now I see it more than ever, she was really patient with me. 
and she continued to teach me and guide me and lead me. And uh, why in the world she put up with some of the things that she did, I love. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I can say. But uh, I, she began to teach me, I, I, and, and this is when I started really reading the Bible. And that this is what converted me. I had to read myself out of everything right. and study myself. Out of the the denominational churches, I had to read myself out of that. And you know, I, My wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, she was telling me this stuff. I'm not a person that's going to take your word. I'm going to have to search it for myself and understand it for myself. Right. Um, it's not just you're not telling me a lie. It's just I have to understand that. And search the truth, and that's what I began to do. Is I began to study and, and and read, and ask questions, and and begin to study and read and read and read, and and then she invited me to a, a Church of Christ service on Sunday nights, and this was uh, it was a very hilarious experience. So I went I went to a Sunday night. Now where was that at? At Cole Run. Cold Run and Cold out, Run Church outside of Pikeville. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went there, first time met. You know, went there and and we left that service that night. And I told her, I said, I've been to funerals that had more life in it than the Church Christ <laughs> service. Because, <laughs> you know, coming from, sure. coming from Baptist Church, they got some life yeah. in, in those congregations. And I was like, I, that ain't for me. I said, right. I, know, I know what's right. Yeah, uh, and so that really just turned me off. Right. So that, again, it's the churches of Christ. They think they're going to heaven. They ain't excited about anything. Got <laughs> 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 you know. And so I was like, I don't want nothing to do with it. She said, Well, let me get the preacher to come and speak to you. I go, and she tried to get some preacher. I said, Do I, I dare you? Do not get a preacher because <laughs> if he does, he's going to have another door that yeah. he's going out of. Yeah, I, said, I don't want nothing to do with it. I said, this, "I know what I believe, and you can believe your way." And, and uh, as things got serious in relationships, she said, "Well, if you're going to be that way, and you're not going to understand and know the truth, then it ain't going to work." You know, she was going to smart up. young lady, smart young lady. Yeah, I said, "Well, do what you want to do. I don't care." You know, I just I I was still rough. I had had some of that redneck ism. In me, <laughs> the head of the holler attitude, um, but she was patient with me, and that just amazed. And she's still that way. Um, just the unconditional love, it just amazes me. But like I said, I went back to the scriptures and, and study and read and began to ask them people, and it was really just one of those searches that I had to do on my own. And eventually, I came to understand for myself. And, and not listen to any anyone, but I had to under, you know, listen to what they said, but come to that conclusion to myself. And that's what we have to, the listeners, we always have to come to a conclusion. Right. Um, there's people that preach and teach the right stuff, but we still have to come to that conclusion. Be convinced of it. Right. If it's going to be real, it's got to be real to us. And, and sadly, mm-hmm. that's, we don't see that in the church today. Um they may believe what the preacher says, but they're not convinced that it's real to them. Yeah, and we see that in every every church. Mm-hmm. You see it in denominationalism an awful lot, but yeah. let's not say we don't see it in the Christian church, the Church of Christ. Exactly. And when you're talking about Church of Christ, uh, I want to say for our listeners, because a lot of our listeners are in the southern part of the U.S., mm-hmm. that we're talking about the instrumental, the right. Church of Christ that used the instrument, and that's where you're at at Cole Run. Yeah. Because I've interviewed the former preacher, Cole Run, and, yeah. and uh, encouraged people to go back and, and find that one. Uh, yeah. Not too far back on, yeah. on these programs. Yeah. And, yeah. and sadly, yeah, it's it's within any anyone, uh, yeah. any background. But uh, Everybody who calls themselves a Christian is responsible for their own study, yeah, and finding out what the Word of God says, yeah, and just because somebody does not see it right does not mean that they are a bad person, uh, that that they are an evil person. Mm-hmm. It just may be that they have not read yet to that point, or they're not reading at all, mm-hmm. and someone needs to take them by the hand, like with you, and say, "Okay, now yeah. look here." Yeah, and and you know that, that that's kind of been the stigmata on the churches of Christ, because right. really. We beat the denominations to death. 
Well, we beat we beat our chest, pound the pulpits, but we're never the ones that look at ourselves in the mirror um, and, and understand that hey, we're capable of misleading ourselves and misleading others just like everyone else. There's no okay. difference, um, and and that's the thing, you know. You know, me and me and brother Jim Spinotti, we talk a lot. He, you know, these churches of Christ, it's really the the denominational churches of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're no difference, but you know. Yeah. But, and we've, we've interviewed Jim. We did tell our people, go back and find Dr. Jim Spinotti yeah, uh, and uh, check out his podcast with us, too. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, and that's, eventually I, I came to the truth of the knowledge. I was converted uh, April 12th, 2012. And, you know, through, through, before that process, I was actually studying and preparing to be a preacher in the Baptist church. Um, this wasn't an in, independent Baptist. This mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of you had to go before a committee and, and the organization and type thing. Right. So you had to study and, and um, the whole treaty and all all that stuff. Right. If you will. And so I was I was actually studying and being prepared. I, I was going under a three year study program that they were going to prepare me and instill in me. Uh, their treaties and their beliefs and things like that. Because before they ordain you as a, a Baptist preacher, they're going to they the committee needs to hear what you believe and preach. You know, because they're not just going to send anybody out there. And but they, you know, I was going through that process before I I came to an understanding of the truth for myself. Um, so it's just been. Uh, we're just coming up on on ten years. Ten years. And you see, I've I've known you for at least three years, maybe a little longer. I've mentioned yeah. some of the other revivals I've done in this area of the country, yeah. and and I would have thought knowing you and the way you studied the scriptures that why you you had found your way and were studying the scripture for the last twenty years, just really solid, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't I don't really know how old you are, so it might yeah. have been you could have thirty three. So so twenty years would have been you've been studying since you're thirteen. So I guess I was off the mark yeah. on yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was immersed when I was twenty four. I obeyed the gospel when I was twenty four, I think. Twenty four, twenty five. All right. Something like that. But yeah. And so, you know, I I just wanted and it, it, this is, I just, God amazes me again. You know, he spared my life and through all those experiences in the past, the drugs, the alcohol, the abuse, the anger, the suicide. And it just amazes me that I was never in prison, jail. Um, you know, I had my rehab or, or stayed in jail, but, uh, you, you know, never was in prison or I never murdered anybody. Praise the Lord, he spared me of that and or even killed myself. It just... I think about that, and then I go back to this. When when I was converted, I was a very introvert individual, very, and I still am. I still struggle keeping to myself. You know, I was just listening to a friend's podcast uh-huh. uh, out of Northern Mississippi, a New Discovery this week, and they were discussing the fact. One of them said, almost every preacher he ever met was actually a closet introvert. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, I can remember on big days at our churches when I was in the local ministry when we'd have friend days and we'd have 400 people uh-huh. and and two services. In between the services, I would go back into the, into the office complex and go in my office and sit down for just a minute by myself and just take a few breaths mm-hmm. and then take a deep breath like I'm going underwater and go back out there because <laughs> yeah. people wouldn't know that, me being a traveling evangelist. But uh-huh. yeah, I was very private person yeah and and i still struggle with that um so let's say those guys who are private people think oh i could never do it yeah that god's probably calling you uh yeah (laughs) you can do it i was not a public speaker i mean i got i have severe anxiety around crowds around people um i would not know that i've i've watched you on online and i would not have known that and yeah i was yeah i was all to myself and i tell you and, and what really helped me it wasn't a religious program or religious. I had public speaking. That was a required class in college. And uh, I had to take it. No ifs, ands, buts about it. And I had a public speaking class with a great professor. Um, and that's what he, that was his whole study, was on public speaking. And uh, that class and that professor really got me out of my box. 
um, because you had to do public speaking events and they give you techniques and things like that. How even though you're an introvert, there are techniques out there that can help you get yourself out of the box. You know, and I still do certain things that try to get myself out of the box to get out uncomfortable. I understand that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, when I'm preaching Sunday or around people during a service or anything, I have to, after I leave, I have to go shut down, close everything out, turn my phone off, turn the world out. I so understand that, Brandon. I really do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It just, it drains me. Takes yeah. every bit of energy out of me. Some some fellow did a study, and this was years ago. I read this that that preaching one sermon is like an eight hour day of, of physical work oh, to a man, and yeah. and uh, and it's because the emotion yeah. that you put into it and what comes from the inside out, mm-hmm. it does that to you. It, it takes that much out of you, and I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My so much. There's more energy that I exert from preaching and public speaking than I would a nine-to-five manual labor job. And people find that hard to believe, but it it is true. And you think about your preacher, uh, to our listeners, if he's, like I was in my last ministry, every Sunday I preached three times and taught a Bible class every Sunday. And two two different sermons, uh, two same ones in the morning and a different one in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, Sunday afternoon... I wouldn't much good to anybody. Yeah, yeah, and so it, it's and that and that's that's and that's something that I'm I tried to incorporate, continue and still my life now more than ever, and even teach and preach and share that mental health is very important. Yeah, especially if you're if you're in the ministry and you're a preacher, always take care of your mental health, um, because mentally, if you're not strong, if you're not healthy you're not going to accomplish what you need to. And there are a lot of battles you don't expect in ministry that come up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but, and we've said this many times on this program, you have battles in whatever, uh, life, your life's work is, Mm -hmm. and you're going to have difficult people to deal with. And so ministry is no different because, uh, there are people who just are going through a difficult time. And so they bring that onto you, they project that onto you or, uh, the fact is, there are unconverted people in the church, mm-hmm. yep. and and uh, who are out to build their own kingdom instead of the Lord's kingdom. Yep. And we have to deal with that as well. But that's part of the calling. Yeah, that's part of the the territory. There are many many hats that a preacher has to wear. Yeah. But uh, and so yeah, the ministry has really been the best thing for me. Um, now that you know, so I was converted in 2012, and. I still had that zeal that I wanted to preach. And now that I came to to know what I know in 2012, uh, Jerry Bliffin, who was the preacher at Co-Run during that time, I, I came to Jerry about three months uh, later after I was immersed. And I said, Jerry, I, uh, I'd like to preach. He said, all right, get you a sermon ready, and uh, we'll have you scheduled on the Sunday night. And so my first sermon was in, I think, August of 2012, I preached a Sunday night, my first sermon I had ever preached in my life, even public speaking. It was about 15 minutes long, and, and so and nothing great to brag about or anything, but, and that's where it started, and I've been preaching, I've been evangelism, I've been teaching ever since, um, I, and I told my wife, you know, I wanted to be a preacher. I told her, I said, I, I want to be an evangelist. That's what I want to do. Right. And, and you know, and she said, I don't, I don't want to marry a preacher. She said, I, <laughs> she's the one trying to convert you. Now, now yeah. I got you converted. I don't want to, I don't want you to be a preacher. Yeah. Okay. And, and I told her during my conversion, I said, if I do this, I'm going all in. And, and that's, I have that uh, addictive personality. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I'm addict when I, once I do something, I'm addicted to it. I mean, that's my life. I, I invest everything that I have in it. And I and I told her, I said, once I if once I convert, you better hang on because I'm yeah. going all in. And and I did, I did, and uh, you know, was on been on fire ever since, and I haven't stopped serving the Lord. Um, but you know, I, through my years of rest of my years at college um, I, 
I was at Co-Run. That's where I served the Lord at, uh, at Co-Run for the rest of my year. And then uh, got a big job offer from Barnes & Noble to move to Cincinnati. I was at, right after I graduated college because I worked with the bookstore and went through their training program. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I took a, took them on the offer. And I, Now, were you married? No, this? not yet. Okay. No, my wife, she was still living with her parents, and, and so I would come and visit on the weekends when I moved to Cincinnati. And I worked there. I was a manager uh, in uh, the Covington, Cincinnati area at a Barnes & Noble. And uh, loved it. I loved my job. Being around books, I love books. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Lord had blessed me with a good job. And I'd found a congregation to attend, the Glencoe Church of Christ. Great yeah. congregation. And uh, loved my job. Loved, you know, they really took care of me. Barnes and Noble did, and but uh, I was like, I still want to be an evangelist. You know, I was still preaching and filling in and right. serving the Lord, but and I loved my job. I was like, I want to be an evangelist. But eventually, you know, 2016, my wife and I we got married. She moved up with me. We stayed there for a year or so, and, and I was looking for a church to be an evangelist in. And I had some offers. I just didn't feel feel right, right about yeah. it. And uh and then uh, got acquainted with an el you know, my elder at Coran Church of Christ. We were really close, still are, and uh he had heard the church camp that's here in Buck Cannon County, Virginia. Yeah. Church of Christ Youth Camp, C C Y C where they they were looking for a camp manager. And then they changed their mind. And then here at the Grandy Church of Christ they had some bad experiences with youth preachers and things, but they were on the fence whether or not to find an associate in youth. Brother Dennis, his health at that time wasn't well. but uh, then That was your, the preacher here. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he's still the preacher here. Um, but uh, got introduced to the elders here at the Grundy Church, came down for an interview and, and, and preached a Sunday morning and... Uh, Three months later, in two thousand, uh, last part of two thousand sixteen, uh, they called me and said, "We like you, and we we want you to come down." And that's really where my journey began. I've been here at Randy for five years now. Now, how'd your wife feel about that? That you were leaving the bookstore to come down here? She's glad because she, she wanted to be back to mom and dad. Sure. So we're only an hour from her parents. Right. And so she really liked that. Right. And uh, she was still on the fence about being a, <laughs> being right. a, a, a preacher's wife. and But she did love the idea of being close back to mom and dad. And, and that was kind of my concern because she struggled three and a half hours away from her parents. Sure. And she was by herself. And, and that's the thing that husbands, if you're listening, your wives are a part of your ministry just as much as you are. Absolutely. And that's a very important part. And, and working together. You know, I, I tell, and I don't know if your wife would agree with me, but I, I tell young couples always have when they're getting married, if you can move uh, three hours from your family or or 100 to 300 miles for just the first couple of years you're married, yeah. that can do you a lot of good because you learn to rely on one another. Yeah. And yeah. then you, if you move back, then you you become your own family. Yeah. You know, and... yeah. And uh, so sometimes that can do a lot of good. Yeah, and, and that that was kind of exactly it. It really helped us connect, right? To become closer. And that was a great great thing for our marriage. So you came back to Grundy as associate evangelist. Yeah, and uh, but and you were working with youth as was part of your responsibility. Well. Yeah, right. Yeah, worked with, been working with the youth as well, and uh, you know it's just like anywhere else. We're up sometimes and we're down other times, but uh, we have a good core young family here that we're building a good foundation and uh, really rebuilding and, and teaching and I'm a big proponent with education as well right um, biblical education and secular education right uh, that's what's helped me to be the who person I am today and so we really try to incorporate strong biblical education uh, I, I don't I'm not about fun and games all the time 
Right. Uh, and, and the kids respect that. And we've really built. And that's another thing. If we got any young men that are in the youth ministry, uh, hot dogs and inflatables isn't always the answer. Right. Uh, kids want to learn. They want structure. And what better structure there is than to have biblical structure? You know, what, one of the problems I, that I've been has been brought to my attention is that uh, sometimes we have young men who have the same view you do. Mm-hmm. And they go into a church and they're trying to build that type of program, but you've got kids who have been used to just hot dogs and inflatables, yeah. which are all good in their place. Yeah. But they say, well, I don't like this. It's boring or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's the parents get on board saying, my kids don't want to come to church. Yeah. And they're not going to come. Mm-hmm. And that's your fault, yeah. your responsibility. Well, no. Let me just say here and now, parent, grandparent, mm-hmm. it is your fault, your responsibility. You're supposed to be training them all along. That's right. And also saying to them, this is what we do. This is a part of the Christian life is growing and learning. Yep. And the fun things, we have a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just had to throw that in. I'm no, sorry. No, you're exactly as right. The, as, as the father-in-law of two uh-huh. uh, men who have been youth ministers and children's ministers, uh-huh. I wanted to put that in there. Yeah, and, and, and that will happen. That, that does, that, I had fought with that my first couple of years here at Grundy. I mean, they were, we, when I came here, there were quite a bit of youth. But they were used to having fun, hot dogs, food, and all that. But um, but they were making the choice. They didn't have no families that attended here at Grundy, or any, so they didn't have that instilled in them, right? Uh, or to be taught. And so once I wiped out and cleaned out the fun and games, and we need to get to the Bible, and we need to teach these kids because really, what you win them to is what you're going to have to keep them to. Absolutely, and and and, and, um, and so we really dropped a lot of youth when I started changing and trying to teach some structure, some biblical structure, and even adults, which I call really in our churches big kids who pay bills. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what they are. Is they need structure. That's right. Even yeah. our adults do, old and young, and they enjoy structure, but they need to see it. They need to witness it. So. I'm a big proponent for education, biblical education, and structure, and, and some fun along the way as well. There's definitely nothing wrong with the fun stuff. Well, I really think that's why we that's why we lose good youth ministers mm-hmm. because they're trying to do structure, and they're getting constant criticism yeah. first from the kids, and then from the parents. Why 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 you don't have as big a youth group as as the last guy had, right. and, and our kids aren't having the fun they were having before. And they don't realize that that fun lasts for a moment. Yeah. But what we're trying to teach, this is eternity. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we're about. Yeah. And and uh, that, but that's what sadly that's what the church has become, mm-hmm. is is programs. Yeah. And and uh, who has the most lights and mm-hmm. and smoke machines, mm-hmm. and and it needs to get back to the Bible. Yeah. And that's where we've got to go, not only in our youth programs, but in our preaching right. as well. Get back to the Bible. And yes, people are going to get upset. Mm-hmm. And let's try to be kind. Let, yeah. Let's try to be kind. But but being kind is is not forgoing tough passages of Scripture. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing that we got to realize is we're going to lose people along the way. Yep. They're just not going to go along with it. And, and, and say, you know... For fun and giggles, a lot of times, I go on to these uh, quote-unquote Christian university yeah. websites where they have ministry opens. Right. And, you know, I, I just like to see what other churches are looking oh, for. Oh, I've done that many times, I, yeah. You know, and it, it just blows my mind. Not really, they're not so focused on spiritual as they are, well, do this, this, and this, we want this, this, and this. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, they're just so far away from where they want to be. And I think a lot of that goes back to numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, In church, we think numbers equal success. The more people, the more success you have. And that that is really incorrect. Yeah. Uh, um, It is incorrect. Um, Numbers do not equal success. 
Numbers are encouraging. Right. And numbers can be success. They can be, yes. But that's not what equals success. That's right, and exactly. you can have all numbers. And I, you know, uh, Barnum said a long time ago, you know, any clown, any good clown can bring in a crowd, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and I've, well, I'm, we won't even go into that. Because right? yeah. I, I want to talk about <coughs> clowns. But anyway, yeah. uh, well, you've been here for a while, and you've got some things going uh, that... Because of your concern for education, uh-huh. um, if you don't mind switching over a little bit here and talk to us about, we've got about 15 or so minutes left. Talk to us about Grundy Bible Institute and Sunshine School of Evangelism uh, and what you're doing in that area and any other area where education has become uh, part of what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I graduated uh, UPIC and... Uh, and I wanted to continue my education, and, and now that I was a Christian, um, I wanted to, to find a Bible college. I wanted to be trained. I wanted to be taught. Right. And so um, I first started my Bible training uh, with Summit Theological Seminary, uh, Brother George Fall, who, right. who's went on, um, and, and went and studied there and, and you know trained through there. Where program. is that, if you don't mind? Peru, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I was trained there and got a lot of good information, mm-hmm. but I still wasn't where I needed to be. And so I was uh, preaching some revivals and uh, first met Jim Spinotti at uh, the Sugarloaf Old Fashioned Camp that um, the school puts on and kind of was first introduced to him in Wallingford, Kentucky at that uh, the family camp. And then I was preaching a revival at uh, Allen Chapel Church of Christ where Brother David Bentley right. preaches at. And, uh, you know, Jim came and attended the the whole week of the revival. And, and about, I think, two days in the revival, he came to me and, and he said, what do you want to do, Brandon? I said, I want to be an evangelist. He said, um, do you mind if I study and talk with you? I said, sure, you know, I'm open for anything. And so he sat down with me every day the rest of that week, and we talked, and he kind of helped. And so uh, that was really the, the start off with working with Brother Jim Spinotti because um, he really showed me that he cared. He cared about my preaching. Yeah, he cared he about does. me as a Christian, mm-hmm. as a brother in Christ, and, and he really pushed me. And it made my sermons better. And so that really attracted me to Sunshine School of Evangelism. Which is in Portsmouth, Ohio. In Portsmouth, Ohio. Just right across the river from yep. Kentucky. Yep. And, uh, I Good st- school. Great, yeah. And so I've been, I've been at Sunshine since 2018. And mm-hmm. I'll be graduating with my bachelor's in May. And I'll be finished with my master's next May at Sunshine. And so, you know, I've been with Jim ever since 2018, and uh, we've kind of really partnered and grown. He's kind of my Paul in the faith, really pushes me. He's a little bit of a Barnabas too, isn't he? He is. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest, he's not just a little bit. I I think, and I know Jim's going to listen to this because he's going to see your name. He's going to listen. And people know how much I love Brother Jim. He's always been encouraging. But I think sometimes when people meet Jim, they think, well, this is kind of a hard guy. Yeah. Because he's... He's so strict on scripture, which I, I love that about Jim. Yeah. But people don't realize that they don't know him, what an encourager he is and what he's done for the ministry yeah. and for preachers. Yeah. And he really does care for and love preachers. Yeah. Bible preachers. Mm-hmm. People are if they're not Bible preachers, if they want to be a Bible preacher, yeah. he cares about them. Yeah. And so. he's really, you know, he's pushed me and continues to bring out the best in me. And he really cares yeah. about people. But yeah, like you said, he if you don't know him, he can kind of come off kind of hard. Well, he, sometimes when he's preaching, it sounds like he's still collecting for the mafia, you know. <laughs> <He does. laughs> yeah, but that that but that's a great yeah. you know because that's that's where he came from, and God uses yeah. that yeah in a great way, and powerful way. Yeah, and that's what really attracted me to the school and to Jim, not just because of his love for the Lord, but he understood my background. Yeah, he understood because we we talk quite often. We came from a very similar background with some of the things that we've done and experienced and had to go through. And, and, and he knows that, and he understands that you know, that's not who, who we are. 
That's right. And we're so much better into Christ. And we can't, Christ makes us better. Such as were some of you, but you've been washed. Yeah, been yeah, yeah. Amen. And, 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 and so that's what I love, love about the school and about Jim is and he sees the best and he has a way. And I think it's that old drill sergeant. Um, uh, Jim was a drill sergeant back, yep. back during Army times. And, and I had a drill sergeant back in high school who took me under his wing. That's another story I forgot to add. Yeah. I was going into the Marines and all that stuff. But I had, and, and that attracted me to Jim, that drill sergeant mentality, that yeah. structure and, and that love. Uh, believe it or not, drill sergeants do love their soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do. Yeah. But, you know, and that's what attracted me to Jim, just that care, um, that passion for, for God and the word and the truth. Yeah. And, and just how different Jim approaches things. And, you know, it's, you don't find people that committed today. No. Uh, I mean, they're there. Yeah. But, but I, boy, when I find them, I want to cling yeah. to them, you know. That's the people you want to surround yourself around. Right. Yeah. No, no compromise. No compromise. No compromise all. whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, I might, since we're talking about it, let's go ahead and, uh, if, their website, mm-hmm. off, off the cuff, do you know what Sunshine the, School? It's actually tntministries.org. Okay, and yeah. I I just want to give them a plug since we're talking yeah. about them, you know we might as well give them a plug. Yeah, yeah, and they're but, def- they're working on they're rebuilding the website right now. They're okay. finishing up some things, but yeah. All right. Well, I just want to give that plug to them. Yeah. So now you've 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 partnered with them here at yeah. at uh, at Grundy Church Christ. Yeah, we uh, we became an extension campus, and okay. we offered a two year diploma program, and we had actually did our first. Uh, program we graduated 12 students uh, last year may of 2021 brother jim belcher was one of those students oh we know jim i like him yeah. the famous jim belcher <laughs> yeah, i love that guy yeah he's yeah. a great guy but yeah we we had a two-year program extension campus we have we had 24 that attended so 12 graduated the program 12 um, did an audit of the program and that was a really well received, and and I'm so thankful for uh, the elders here at the Grundy Church who prayed about that and uh, allowed us to be an extended campus as well, because that opened up a lot of doors uh, to train people, and, and that's the thing that we also have to realize: it's the blue collar, hardworking, common, everyday people that makes a difference in the churches. Yes, because we're, we're we're all the mindset is we want to look the biggest, the baddest, and have the greatest, latest things available. And again, there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's your common, everyday man or woman who makes a difference. Yes. And that was that was the Apostle Paul's approach. That was the Lord Jesus' approach, the common, everyday, hardworking man or woman. Those are the people who have to go to their nine-to-five jobs, who have to go out into the community, and you, when you train and teach those people, that's what makes a difference because they can be the light that shines. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and that's the approach that Sunshine takes is we, we, uh, we're not looking to be the biggest or the baddest school. We just want to take common everyday people and train them and teach them. If they don't want to be a preacher, well, at least they're going to know and take a stand for the truth. Right. And, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to train and teach people to make a difference in the kingdom and be who they can be in Christ. Now, are you going to offer classes here again? We are, yeah. So we, we've, we've taken a, we're taking a break right. uh, just to try to build more interest right. to, to start redo the program. And, and we do that. We do offer online programs as well. Right. And you can check that out on our website, TNT Ministries. And uh, so we've kind of opened up some doors in the area. Um, TNT Ministries and Sunshine. You know, we're continue, I'm continuing with that education. Be graduating and and uh, and working with Jim. I, I told Jim he stuck with me, <laughs> lifetime student. So, um, but we're actually planning a family camp uh, in at CCYC May 13th and 14th. I saw that. Yeah, I would love. I would love to attend that. Yeah. Yep. We talked about it, but it just won't fit into schedule with some family obligations. Yeah, so. that's understanding. But yeah, it, one it, of these says I'm coming to one of his family camps. Yeah, I, I yeah. just got to work it out. You yeah. know, and and, and and that's the thing about you know again what I love about Jim is the preachers that he 
they can preach because Jim's not going to have somebody that isn't going to take a stand or preach. But he takes some of your common uh, small church preachers. That that's who we try to connect with, and let them preach, and let them be heard because sadly those guys don't get opportunities. That's right, and and, and that's a way to encourage them. And that's, well, that's that's what we feel like in holding revival. We hold a lot of revivals at smaller churches. Yeah. And we do some large churches too, but but a lot more smaller churches because they need the they need the encouragement. They need the reviving. And uh through the podcast, I mean people have heard your voice because of your podcast, but a lot of guys that we podcast with, nobody will ever hear their voice. Right. Nobody, I think of um uh, Brother Ed over at Hardy, mm-hmm. Kentucky, yeah. um, just in the fall before he passed away mm-hmm. in the spring, uh, I interviewed him, and I'm so glad I did yeah. because it's such a wonderful man. And oh, I, yeah. I, uh, I in, encourage the people to uh, go back and, and look that one up, Ed Lockhart, mm-hmm. and, and listen to it because he almost comes to tears talking about his joy of being in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And... And uh, we need to hear from these guys. Yeah. You go to big programs, big, and I'm, I'm holding up my hands for a little quotation of conventions. Uh-huh. And my wife knows this years ago, she said, well, they're rotating them through again. Yeah. It's the same, same ones rotated through same. again and again. And, and there are some guys in small churches that are just totally committed to Christ, totally committed to Christ. And they're good preachers. Uh-huh. And some of them maybe not so good preachers, but their hearts are there and the word is right. Yeah. Let them be heard. Yeah. Let these guys be heard. Give, yeah. them, give them their opportunity to share with fellow preachers. Yeah. And uh, I, I do love that. Yeah, I think I that's too. a wonderful thing. Yeah. I mean, I just look at myself. I came, I'm a, came from a nobody. And, and God made me somebody in his kingdom. Yeah. And, and, and that's the mindset we've got to have, that God can make you... More than what you'll ever be. We we are the seed that fell between the cracks of the concrete. Yeah. And God is using that to lift the concrete and 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 make a stumbling block for the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And and uh, people like you and me that people thought no they'll never make it. You yeah. know my own uh, people heard this story many times from me. My own dad said nobody will ever listen to you. Yeah. Nobody you'll never <laughs> make as a preacher. Don't uh-huh. don't don't do that. So. Uh, and that's, I didn't know it then, but that's the very kind of person that God's looking for. Mm-hmm. That's exactly and, right. And uh, we are at, at Rock Solid Ministries, we are really intensifying our search for the next generation of preachers. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're, we're having our first preacher boy camp. Uh, well, it's not really us. We're, we're actually working with the guys from Ohio and Kentucky mm-hmm. who are coming down to do one. But hopefully we're going to learn from them uh, just some of the aspects of how to put it together. In a few years, we'll do our own camps. Yeah. But uh, and we're uh, through through uh, our brother Greg's uh, uh, grandsons uh, who passed away uh, sadly last year. Uh, a scholarship fund for preachers only, and then of course, like I said, we we've, we've established we are establishing a part. Or I am. I'm part of the establishment of a new preaching school in Memphis, mm-hmm. and uh, so we we've got to work. We've got to find these guys. Yeah, we got to find them and train them. And yeah. I, I appreciate what you're doing here. Yeah. Uh, but not only to find and train preachers, but to find and train just your everyday church member, mm-hmm. so that your preacher will will not get an earful at the back door. <laughs> yeah. Other than praise the Lord, you're you're preaching the gospel uh-huh. and not. You can't preach that because my family's doing that, yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we want to do. We want to educate the common person. Yeah, right. that's what we we've got to do. That, uh, our, uh, we're not going to make it, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I've been telling everybody since the middle of last year, one third of the quote unquote active church members in our country are not active anymore. Uh, since since COVID hit. Middle of last year, one-third are not attending, not even online, yeah. which to me is not really attending at all, right. unless unless you're absolutely ill and can't, and I'm thankful that we have that mm-hmm. for people who can't. But if you are able, then you need to be there. But they're just, they, they first went online, and then they just quit. Yeah. So I'll watch it later in the week. I'll, you know, yeah. it's, it's like I, I'll, I'll just hit the DVR and, uh-huh. and watch that program I like later yeah. on. Yeah. And never get around to it, uh-huh. so... Our time is about up. So let me just, just ask. This has been really good. 
and, and I've learned so much about you. That's what I like about doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, let me say to those listening, uh, Brandon really got me started on this. <laughs> I was here three years ago at the same church I'm at now, Poplar Creek uh, Church of Christ here in, in the Grundy area. And uh, Brandon said, I'd like to podcast with you. And I'm like a lot of people I podcast with, that they've never even touched a podcast, don't mm-hmm. even know what to do. Mm-hmm. And now we're at, at over 130. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I want to thank you, Brandon, for getting me introduced to this. Yeah. After, after 30, 40 years of doing live radio uh, off and on in my life, I, I need to see there's a new way of doing things. Uh-huh. And you, you brought that to me, so yeah. I want to thank you. Yeah. Anything you'd like to add? Our, our time is really up here. Well, just, uh, you know, Check out Radical Faith Ministries. It's a nonprofit ministry that uh, I've started, uh, really going back to education, biblical education, putting out uh, children curriculum and, and Sunday school material and writing books and things like that. Children illustrations. I, I try to use my, my art degree, my art uh, gift that God blessed me with for the ministry. And so, you know, children illustrations and children books. And say the website one more time. Um, You can find it on Facebook, Radical Faith Ministries. And it's uh, radicalfaithministries.weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y. Wow. I'm glad you kind of pointed that (laughs) out and read that out for And I do want to say that that Radical Faith podcast is no longer on the air. Right, right, yeah. And and, uh, that was kind of a personal thing for me that introvert kind of get me out of my box yeah and, and to help that and so um one good thing came out well i had listeners but i'm glad that you adopted the podcast and right. that, you know that came out of it um but it was just more to help me well thanks for teaching an old dog a new trick <laughs> i appreciate that and let me say to our listeners if this has been encouragement to you we hope that you'll share this podcast with your friends and co-workers in christ And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.